On this video, I'm going to give you guys my reaction response to Mark Zuckerberg not just making the announcement of where Facebook is going to be going in terms of investing into the metaverse, but full-on renaming and rebranding the company formerly known as Facebook to call themselves officially Meta. Okay, that is a thing. He talked about it. The entire thing looked like it was from a Black Mirror episode. It was it was very creepy. I, most people say Mark Zuckerberg creeps creeps them out. I'm not going to make this video dunk, dunking on Mark Zuckerberg because that's not what this is about. But what I am going to do is I'm going to just give you guys my honest thoughts, give you guys some Christian perspective, and give you guys one Bible verse to kind of glue this thing together. So if you just rock with me till the end, you guys will appreciate it. So what is the metaverse? What is the metaverse? Christians are going to come out and say, well, this is it. This is the metric, so on and so forth, the whole bit. But listen... The metaverse is basically virtual reality. It's Facebook wanting to own the space in the ecosystem where people plug into VR. We're seeing everybody walk around, you know, with with, with this thing on their face, right? Uh, not the phone, like the like the the thing, right? Um, and so it is the ecosystem that is going to host this virtual reality type of. Um, a place where you're basically going to be like an avatar and then you are going to be doing your Zoom meetings in there and hanging out with your friends in there and doing all these things inside of the metaverse, right? And you got guys like Gary Vee, who I'm, I tend to be a fan of, coming out, you know, super excited about it. And of course, you have the Christians coming out with the satanic panic marketing, just making it more intriguing to people that aren't Christian, which folks keep falling for it. It's ridiculous. But let me just give you guys my assessment. Now, so off the top, let's just think objectively about Mark Zuckerberg. Is Mark Zuckerberg liked by the media by you and me. Do you like Mark Zuckerberg? Honestly, before you get into NFTs and this being a hustle, do you like Mark Zuckerberg? Do people like Mark Zuckerberg? Okay, just ask yourself that question. Second question is I would ask is, does Facebook have a popular reputation right now? Honestly, think about that. Does Facebook have a popular reputation right now? Is Facebook a company that we look at and we go, yay, Facebook, they've added so much good to the world. Do we look at Facebook and go, man, that's that app that your grandma and grandfather's on. Instagram is kind of annoying to deal with. They didn't switch up the algorithm. They're really just competing with IG Reels. And eh, Facebook, they, they, you know, they tried to do the YouTube thing. Then they stole the, the, the stories from Snapchat. And they just kind of just take, right? Uh, so when you think of Facebook as a company, do you think... Yay, Facebook's a great company. Now, if you're in the marketing space, advertising space, uh, Facebook ads are very powerful and Instagram ads are very powerful. And, and, and there's been entire seven-figure businesses built on Facebook and Instagram ads. So that is a, a, a good utility for people to sell product on. But, but my question to you guys is, are Facebook and Instagram popular in the consciousness 
of people? That is that is the next question. So so just just think through that for a bit, right? Or is there a lot of scrutiny scrutiny in terms of the things that they're going through? Is there a lot of people irritated with them? Uh, I don't know. Is Congress irritated with them? Is the Senate grilling Mark Zuckerberg? Is there always something coming out in the news? Things like, oh, hey, we know that we can create a better experience, a more positive experience on Facebook. And we actually did that by tweaking the algorithm. But then after the election, we just let it go back to normal, which is meaning that most of the stuff you're going to engage in on Facebook is going to be toxic, negative stuff to keep you there longer because Facebook knows on their algorithm that to keep you there longer, they got to put the most combative, nasty stuff in front of you to keep you there longer. Why? So you can watch and see more ads. Why? So they can make more money. If Facebook useful and necessary today, wouldn't we be more on it? I mean, like we're, we're doing this on YouTube, right? So just just as we're thinking through these things, I think it's important for us to 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 to, to establish just the reality of this. Now, I got a Bible verse coming for you guys. Another thing I think it's important to note is the more you find out about people who run these tech companies, the more you find out they actually really limit their consumption on these tech companies or these tech products, the most obvious example was Steve Jobs who created the iPad yet wouldn't let his children use the iPad. This has now became an entire, uh, an entire world where you now have a co- companies coming out, a company called the Wise Phone. In response to the smartphone, somebody came out with the Wise Phone, and all it is is like a camera, the notepad, and I think text messages and super basic stuff. You can't have apps on it, can't be on social media. You, I don't even think you can do the internet on it. This, this is literally a thing. It's like a $300 phone. It's out now. So as people are gassing up Mark Zuckerberg and saying, Meta's the future, da 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 I see society intentionally shifting away from being on technology. By the way, not everyone's on social media. Two, I see the technology companies giving you reports of how much time you've spent on your screen this week and, hey, you spent too much time, you should decrease it. So even the technology, the hardware companies saying, hey, pull back from this. There's people that are intentionally getting off of social. If I, was, if I wasn't an influencer or a personality or whatever I am, public figure, I probably wouldn't be on Instagram, if I'm honest with you guys. I definitely wouldn't be on Facebook, wouldn't be on Twitter. I don't know. This is, you know, kind of a, a, a time zap. So if we're looking at these platforms, my question to you guys is, do they serve a practical utility today? And is the metaverse going to serve a practical utility tomorrow or in the next five years or in the next 10 years? I'm not talking about improving the quality of a Zoom call. I'm not talking about you wanting to play you know, the meta version of Call of Duty occasionally, or you wanting to play 2K in the metaverse occasionally. I'm asking you as a a consumer, is Mark Zuckerberg actually solving any problems or is he creating new ones? Think about that for a second. Why did Facebook blow up? Blow up? Well, because MySpace was, which, which by the way, made a resurgence. Now I forgot what it's called. I think it's called HeySpace now. Um, crazy that that happened this week. But MySpace became a little too like HTML-y and a little too busy, and so people, so then people said, "Oh, I need something cleaner," and they started Facebook. Why? So college kids can connect. There's a utility to it. And then as it blew up, then they kept doing more things to connect people. There was a utility to Facebook. 
right? And then they started figuring out algorithms and cracking things. And the more it grew and the more they went public and the more they needed it, it, it became less of a utility and more of a nuisance, more of you losing your friend from high school because you guys got different political ideologies and now you're fighting over fill in the blank, right? And so my question to you guys is, remember, great entrepreneurship is actually about solving problems. Sometimes it's about solving problems we don't know we had. So interestingly enough, The Verge put out this article today uh, from the, 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 the CTO of Facebook. You can't make this stuff up. Uh, uh, or, or excuse me, Meta, Andrew, uh, I don't know how he says his name, Bosworth, warned employees that creating safe virtual reality experiences was a vital part of its business plan, but also potentially impossible at a large scale. In an internal memo seen by Financial Times, uh, apparently he said he wanted uh, Meta Virtual Worlds to have almost Disney levels of safety, although spaces from third-party developers could have looser standards than directly Meta-built content. Harassment on their t- on harassment or other toxic behavior could pose an existential threat to the company's plans for an embodied future internet if, if it turned mainstream consumers off from VR. At the time, Bozeman said policing user behavior at any meaningful scale is practically impossible that's what they just said so everybody's like oh web 3.0 metal right and i'm like okay well slow your roll a little bit what problem is this actually solving like the smartphone solved a lot of problems that's why we all have one Instagram solve problems. YouTube solves problems. It gives you amazing free content. A lot of times educational content, books, book summaries. There's all kinds of stuff here that solves actual problems. What problem is the metaverse going to solve outside of escapism? I'm not saying this is not going to be a thing. This is definitely going to be a thing. But I think what's happening with Mark Zuckerberg is what happens is when you get to a place when you get to a place where you've succeeded so much at one thing, you start believing you could do anything, and then you start having these things that are kind of, you know, I don't know, grand delusions of grandeur, in my opinion. So I think Zuckerberg is is banking on this thing to pop off, and I don't know if there's a real demand for it. I don't know if there's a real hunger for it. I see more people wanting to scale away and live a simpler, more minimalistic life, buy less clothes, leave less of a carbon footprint, spend less time on the internet, be more present in the moment, and he comes out with something like Meta. That's just my my positioning on this. In terms of, is this actually going to be a utility and I'm not talking about like playing a video game or checking it out. We're all going to do that. I'm talking about like, are you going to go all in, right? And, and I'm not and I'm not talking about like, hey, we're doing Zoom calls and meta, right? No, I'm talking like, how much time are you actually going to spend on it? My opinion. I think you're still going to have people on it, just like you have people that play video games on it. And I'm not talking about Twitch streamers that actually make a living. I'm talking about people that play 30 hours of, of, of video games. Yes, this will just swap that. This will replace that, right? You will watch 30 hours of whatever it is you want to watch in the metaverse 50 years from now, 30 years from now. That will happen, right? That will happen. But the people that still want to get it, the people that still want to build businesses are still going to be thriving and active. And so I wanted to bring a verse to you guys. Uh, And by the way, I love technology. This isn't a shot at technology. I think technology is amazing when it can enhance 
your experience. Technology is also when it can enhance your experience. Technology is also when it can solve problems. Technology is also when it can make you more efficient. Technology is awesome, but this is something different, in my opinion. And maybe, maybe I'm just checked out, but I don't see Gen Z and the generations after them being super into this in terms of like, this is where they then live. And then you have NFTs and this whole thing. So let me point, point to a passage to you guys. This is Romans chapter one. Romans chapter 1, verse 18, but God shows his anger from heaven against all sinful, wicked people who suppress the truth by their wickedness. They know the truth about God because he has made it obvious to them. For ever since the world was created, people have seen the earth and sky through everything God made. They can clearly see his invisible qualities, his eternal power and divine nature. So they have no excuse for not knowing God. Why am I reading this passage to you? It's interesting that this is describing a general revelation about God, okay? So what Paul is saying here is, hey, God has made himself known to people through what? Through nature. You look out into the sky, you look out into the universe, you look out and you see the order of the universe. And generally speaking, generally speaking, most people are going to believe that something caused this to be. Some force caused this. Right. And so he's saying, hey, you know what? Since the world was created, people have seen the earth and sky through everything God made. They can clearly see his invisible qualities, his power and divine nature. This is outside of a gospel encounter with Jesus. He's just saying on a general level, most people understand that there is some sort of God. There is some sort of force that has caused this. Right. And he says, so they have no excuse for not knowing God. So it's saying, hey, through nature, people know God. Through nature, they have an understanding that there is a God. Generally speaking, let's just remove, if, if you're an atheist, if you're agnostic in here, if you're skeptical, let's just remove that for a second. Generally speaking, generally speaking, if a person exists, no one told me about God for me as a child to understand something came from out of the, the out of me to create me. Like I knew an external force very early on, right? And the thought that they're not being a God had to be put in me by someone else. It was an external, it was an external lie. Generally speaking, I think people know there's a God, right? And that's what he's saying. Yes, they knew God, but they wouldn't worship him as God or give, uh, or even give him thanks. And they began to think of foolish ideas of what God was like. As a result, their minds became dark and confused, claiming to be wise. They instead became utter fools. And instead of worshiping the glorious Ever living God, they worshiped idols made to look like mere people and birds and animals. This is what we've always gone back to, has it not? We've always gone back to idol worship. We we know God. <laughs> we know there is a God. And so well, what do we do? Well, we're gonna make idols for ourselves. We're gonna we're gonna make uh, our attempts, we're gonna draw white paintings of Jesus. I'm poking now, aren't I? Right? That that, that did, doesn't look anything like the historical Jesus. We make God in our image instead of saying, let us worship God the way he wants to be worshipped, right? Verse 24. So God abandoned him to whatever shameful things their heart desire. And then it says all the vile things they did uh, to each other with their bodies and sexual immorality and that whole thing. So through nature, most people understand that there is a God. But 
we reject and suppress that truth about God and we make our own versions of God and our own versions of reality and we say things like it's about your truth, it's about your ways of doing things instead of saying, hey, I know this is external force. That has to be likely from things like the fine-tuning theory and all kinds of different things. There has to be something external that pour, that, that pushed this together. So what are we going to do? Well, we're, we're, we're going to suppress that truth because we really want to be our own God and we really want to create a counterfeit of our own God. Remember, Satan can't create, he can only counterfeit, okay? Satan can't create, he can only counterfeit. So we suppress the truth, we look for counterfeits or create our own counterfeits, and then we want to engage in behavior that is rather self-destructive for us and unhelpful, whether that's being on Facebook and spending all your time on Facebook or whether it's being like the average American who spends 30 hours a week watching TV and or Netflix and or shows. It's all self-destructive, is it not? When you really get to the bottom of it, life expectancy is down, depression is up, suicide is up, anxiety is up, obesity is up, and the average American watches 30 hours of TV a week. Hmm, I wonder why. So what do I think the metaverse is going to be? I think it's going to be a continuation of that. I think it's going to be us, us continuing to suppress the truth of God that we can get to know through nature, that we could ultimately get to know through the person of Jesus Christ, right? Because we look at nature, we say there has to be a God, and then we just deduce it to the most logical conclusion of, hey, there was this resurrection event that split history in two. And, and so as everyone is being afraid and, and scared and this whole, this whole thing, just know that like brilliant people have gotten it wrong before. Just know that engineers, technology people, they've gotten it wrong. Gary Vee has gotten it wrong before. And so I think, what will, what will the metaverse be? I think the metaverse we, we will be a continuation of what we're, we're already at. I think it'll be a continuation of people squandering their time and some people using it responsibly. Me and my wife, we watch a show a night, maybe. Sometimes we'll binge watch a couple episodes, but we're not immersed in our entire being where 30, 40 hours of our week is spent watching something, right? And, this, and, and so may, when the metaverse comes around, maybe I'll pull up and I don't know, whatever you'll do in there, play Call of Duty or so on and so forth. Maybe I'll do that. But generally speaking, I probably am going to be spending more time in my real life. And that's what I find amongst my friends who become very successful is they spend less and less time on social media, less and less time on the internet, more and more time present in their real life. So what do I think about the metaverse? I think it's gassed up. I think the NFTs are going to be gassed up. I think it's a potent, it's a possibility. It's a huge possibility. But I think people are making it a way bigger deal than it is. And I think there's a ton. There is a ton of speculation happening. Meaning like you have Bitcoin. What is Bitcoin hedging on? The Bitcoin is hedging on that. I need something to hedge against the market go going bad or a currency or some kind of debacle. You take the other side. Now you have NFTs. What is that hedging on? That's hedging on that. Hey, everybody's going to be in the metaverse. Everybody's going to be living in virtual reality. So what does that mean? Well, that means you need to have, um, you know, non-replicable tokens inside this thing so you can flex and social arbitrage. And it's like, aren't we getting better as humans? Like, like let's remove faith for a second. And if we look at where people are, crime is down, violence are down. You know, many people say we're getting more sophisticated. We're becoming more accepting. We're becoming more tolerant. Isn't that what's supposed to happen? Ah, no, Facebook kind of ruined that. <laughs> Social media kind of ruined that. So guys, whatever your position is on this, I would just say use discretion and use wisdom and make sure that you're ultimately doing the basics. Like what? Like going outside and getting daylight, like talking to God and praying. Like, I don't know, 
spending time with your family, getting off of your screen, leaving your phone in the other room, do the basics and how you engage in the metaverse. I think there's a probably going to be a way to engage in, in moderation. That's it's that's if it even grows to the point where it replaces the internet and becomes internet 3.0. I think it's possible. I just don't know how likely that will be. And I think there's a lot of people speculating that want to make money like a Gary V. Shout out to Gary V. We, you know, we follow each other on Instagram. I know Gary, but I think there's more of that and less of there's an actual value and a problem being solved with the creation of this. See, Internet 2.0, which was social media and a smartphone, actually solved a problem. What problem does this solve? It doesn't. It creates more problems. So what does that mean? If it's going to create more problems for you, most of us are probably not going to go on this thing wanting more problems. It's the reason why a lot of you guys aren't on TikTok because you're like, yo, I already spend too much time on Instagram. I already spend too much time looking at my phone. I'm not going to go get TikTok, right? So th th that's literally the feedback I hear from a lot of people. Like I'm already doing other things. I have no time to be active and engaged on social media. So I'd rather just not open that door. I think we'll have that same perspective, right? Whereas I think a YouTube, obviously I'm invested here. We got the the, the amazing plaque behind me. Uh, I, I think on YouTube, it serves a, as a more practical utility. You can get an education on YouTube. You can get inspiration on YouTube. You can get actual free training on how to change your body, so on and so forth. And I think as people keep moving forward, I think the need for escapism is gonna shrink. And I think the, the need for engagement, transformation, and growth is gonna increase. And I don't know if that's, personally, I don't know if that's going to happen on a metaverse. So let me know what y'all think. Kingstream Entertainment. Bruce Lawn. Yo, thank you so much for making it through the end of this video. We have a free three-day challenge called Master YouTube Live coming up. Make sure you sign up for it if you're interested in getting into the creator space, business owner, expert, thought leader, and you want to scale your YouTube business. That's coming up in the next few days. Thank you so much for watching this video, and I will see you next time. Peace.